Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity this morning. We simply come, we humble ourselves. Lord, we, we continue to honor you, and we want you to fill our lives today with your word. Father, it's all about you. It's not about us. And we thank you that your word works and is working even now. We thank you, Lord God, that our hearts are good ground, good soil for the word of God. And as the word of God goes forth, we believe this simply, that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, and even unto the joints and the marrow of the bone. Everything, Father, within us is open before you. And we humble ourselves, and we ask you to visit us today. Holy Spirit, have your way. And we thank you that when all is said and done, our lives will truly be changed. They will be blessed and increased. In Jesus' name, everybody agree with that? Say amen. Amen. Fight to the finish. Fight to the finish. And think about this. When life, when life's tests and trials, how many have ever been through a test and a trial? I mean, amen. How many ever feel like you're in one right now? Come on. You see, but I will tell you this. When life's tests and trials seem to be overwhelming or stressful, you know, or, or you know, the time, that's not a time for us to give up. No, that's a time for us to fight to the finish. And then what I'm talking about is a good fight, the fight of faith. And that is the kind of fight that we win every time. Everybody say every time. Now, turn in your Bibles to our text this morning. We have a few. The first one is 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And then we'll be going over to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. And then Hebrews 13, 5, and along with a few others. But what do you do? Here we are. It seems like our back is up against the wall. The enemy is just, you know, being very voiceful and talking about what he's going to do. But I tell you, this is a time where we just straighten up our backs. We, could, we have praise of God coming out of our mouths. We speak the word of God, and we continue to fight to the finish. Listen, it may seem like you may get knocked down in one round. You get up and you fight and maybe get knocked down in the second round. But I will tell you that it's not over. I said it's not over. Amen? Paul's life. You think about Paul and everything that he's been through. Here he is with one of his sons in the ministry, Timothy, and he's sharing with him the importance of not giving up the importance of trusting in God. Now, Paul has gone through so many things. You know that from reading in your Bible, all the tests and trials he went through. Oh, man, he felt like giving up, but he felt like throwing in the towel, but he didn't. The Lord said to him that my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. And I'm saying to you this morning, God's grace is sufficient for every one of us. Regardless of what we're going through, God is faithful. Everybody say faithful. So we find ourselves in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, New King James Version says this, fight the good fight of faith. You see, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were called, also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The kind of fight that we're talking about is not rolling up your sleeves, not giving people a piece of your mind, but the kind of fight that I'm talking about this morning is the good fight of faith. The, the good fight of faith is a fight that you and I will always win as long as we stay with God. I said stay with God. We don't give up. God is faithful. We trust him. Let's go on and look also in 2 Timothy. You see that there, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Turn with me, chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, and it simply says this, 
Paul now says to Timothy as he's, as he's finishing what his assignment that God has given to him. He's saying to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have fought. So now he instructed Timothy in 1 Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. He's saying right now, Timothy, I have. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have what? Kept the faith. We have to keep the faith. Regardless of what happens around us, regardless of the situations and circumstances, regardless of tests and trials, the theme of our message this morning, look with me in your notes, it says this, life can be difficult, but God, oh, I like that, life can be difficult, but God will always intervene. Come on, he will always be on time. Oh, I like that. Now, it may not seem like your time and God's time is the same time, but I want to get on God's schedule. How about you? So I know this, that when life's difficulties and tests and trials come our way, but God will always, I like that word always, God will always intervene. He will always be on time. So, amen, God is faithful. Then let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. I'm so glad you brought your Bibles with you this morning because what we're going to do is simply always we're going to go through the Word of God. We're going to teach you the Word so that it'll build you up because we thank God for the Word because at the entrance of His Word, understand this, it gives light. The Word of God is also, the Bible tells us, is a lamp unto our feet. Imagine yourself walking in the pathway and it's, and it's late at night, you can't see. But oh man, that's what happens in our lives. We're walking on many pathways and roads, but when we take the word of God and unveil it, reveal it, man, it's going to shed some light on a situation and things in our life. Can you say amen to that? And so that's why we want to use the word of God. Now it says this in the Amplified, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from, and then also, and then you'll receive that and it'll be, you'll be blessed by it. And it says this here, uh, Hebrews 13, 5. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed of various lusts and craving for earthly possessions. Come on. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, now here's what I want you to hear. Everybody say God. For God himself has said, notice what he said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. Ooh, I like that. You see, when we're going through tests and trials, come on, we feel like, man, I've been left alone. No, there's no support. No one is caring about me. Who knows I'm even going through this situation and test and difficulty in my life. I would tell you that God knows. God knows. And what it says right here, it says, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. How many can use some support? I know I can. All kinds of support. Lord, we're calling on you. I'm calling on you and trusting you. But then the Amplified goes on and it says this. I will not. I will not. I will not. Three times in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down. Relax my hold on you assuredly not. Oh, that's good. I will not, I will not, I will not. Man, that is good news because, you see, we need to hear the word of God when we're going through tests and trials that's going to encourage us because, you see, it seems like the wall is so big and it's so thick and and everything around us is so hard. But God is saying, I will not, I will not, and I will not leave you helpless. Man, if that's not words of encouragement, I don't know what is. 
I said, I don't know what is. We just have to trust him. We're fighting the good fight of faith. And guess what we do around here? We fight to the finish. We fight to the finish. We are not going to give up. And so let's look at five points that I'm giving you this morning, and I know that you'll be blessed by it. Number one, understand this about God. In tests and trials and difficulties, God is listening, and he's ready to rescue you. That's your blank. God's listening, and he's ready to rescue you. He's ready to rescue me. Psalms chapter 34, verse 17, in the Message Bible says this. You see part of it, but I'll read it from the Message, and I know that it's going to bless you, and it says this here. Is anyone crying for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you. Come on. Do you know anyone that's crying for help? Do you know anyone that's going through a difficulty right now in their lives? That is in your notes, that reference I gave you. I wanted wanted you to see that from the message. It says this, is anyone crying for help? Because if you know someone who's crying for help, listen, if you're crying for help, I've got good news. The Bible says this, God is listening and he's ready to rescue you. Oh, that's good news. God's listening. And I thank God, man, that encourages me because I know that I'm trying not to listen to everything, all these voices that's happening, that's going on out here and talking to me about give up, throw in the towel, quit, who cares? I'm trying not to listen to that about, man, how am I ever going to make it? How am I going to get from, from day to day, week to week, month to month? Come on. But God is listening and he's ready to rescue you. Number two, listen to this. God is there every time. Now, we have to get this inside of our hearts, inside of our spirit, that God is listening to you, he's listening to your cries, and he's there every time. If we don't believe that God is there every time, then we don't believe that he's faithful. But God, I want to submit to you this morning, God is faithful. He will be there. He's always there every time. It may not look like it, but come on, how many of you know about the midnight hour? It seems like sometimes we're praying and it just seems glory to God. What am I going to do? It's the midnight hour. And I tell you, what happens at 12.01? Come on. It's a new day. I said, it's a new day. So we need to trust God, believe God, know that he's faithful. Yeah, it may seem like the midnight hour in your life, but I'm telling you, one second, one second after midnight, come on, it is a new day in our lives. God has new things prepared for you and I. And it's time for us to trust him. It's time for us to just say, Lord, you're faithful. I know I'm in this fight, but I'm not in this fight alone, and I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. And when I fight, here's what I know, I'm going to fight to the finish. I'm going to fight to the finish. Notice what it says in Psalms 34, 18 through 19 in your notes. Oh, that's, I had to give you this. This is so exciting. Notice what it says here. See, God is there every time, but it says this. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll, listen, he'll help you catch your breath. Ooh, I like that. Listen, disciples so often get into trouble, still God, listen, still God is there every time. Oh, come on. And I know maybe some of you may not feel like you've been kicked in the gut. Some of you may feel like you've been run over by a Mack truck. But I tell you, God is there to pick you up. Right now, he's there to pick you up. Let me tell you, family of God, we have to begin to focus on God and not on the situation and not on the circumstance because God is there every time. Give him access to help you. Call upon the Lord. Listen, call upon him. When I call upon the Lord... Listen, what did he do? He helped me. He delivered me from 
all of my fears. Come on now. I said he will deliver you. Okay. All right. Let's go on. Number three, the Lord gives you and I a pathway. He'll give you a pathway. Now that pathway is God's way. Now some people don't like that because we want to do things our way. Come on now. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Let's go ahead and turn there. I'm going to have you turn and look there. I'm going to read the translation I have for you, God's Word translation, but I want you to turn. I want you to see it. See, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And we have to understand that God's way is the right way. I said God's way is the right way. But notice this. God is giving you and I a path, and he wants us to follow that pathway. On that path, sure, he didn't say that there wouldn't be difficulties. Come on now. But on that pathway, he said that he'll see us through, all right, as long as we keep our eyes on him. And we don't look, what, to the left or to the right, but we, what, look straight ahead and focus on him. It's God's way. Everybody say God's way. It's not our way. It's God's way. And what happens, family of God, I believe this. Many a time, believers seem to get in the way. Have you ever known anybody that's gotten in the way and decided that I have a better idea, that I can fix this, only to find out after everything is said and done, and we didn't change our minds, we didn't change our direction, we didn't get right back on that path. We go, man, I guess I don't know what I'm doing. Come on, I've been there. It's like, Lord, help me not to make that same mistake, to get on the right path. I've talked before about driving and getting lost. None of you have ever done that before. But you know what? I thank God that you know, we have this internal GPS, but thank God that they have also the natural GPS too. Because, you know, if you don't know where you're going, just plug in the address. But here's the good news. God already knows your address. I said God already knows your address. He knows where you're going. Let's trust him. See, it's God's way. It's God's pathway. Notice this in your notes in Zechariah 4, 6. God's Word translation. I know you have the New King James and different translations like that, but it says this. This is the word the Lord spoke to Zerubbabel. You won't succeed by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. You won't succeed. In other words, the translation says it's not by might, not by power. Come on, right? But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so it says here in God's Word translation, it says that you won't succeed by might, or by power, but what? By my spirit, says the Lord of armies. This is his pathway. So I submit to you this morning, thank God for education. Thank God for wisdom. Thank God for what he's blessed us with. Thank God that we have understanding in things, but we don't know everything. I know this. That is, I mean, we can be as smart as, I mean, as a whip, bright, but the thing is, is this, that we don't know things like God knows. And if we'll just trust him. And he's saying, listen, it's not what you think. Doesn't mean it's going to work out that way. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit. Oh, let's tap into the spirit of God. Lord, what do you have for me? Show me. Give me direction for my life. Give me wisdom for my life. It's by the spirit. And I tell you this, if you continue, continue to do things your own way and continue to try to make it happen, you're going to get into a rut. Simply going to get into a rut, and you're not going to get out. But, oh, when we come to ourselves, hallelujah. What I mean by simply this is finding out, Lord, I, you know what? I guess I, I don't know everything. I thought I, I thought I had this figured out. Have you ever been there before? Oh, I have. I thought I had this figured out. I thought I had this worked out. Only come to find out, oh, oh I didn't. Isn't that a humbling experience? But thank God. But God says, I love you. I love you just the same. And I'm here all the time. All we have to do is what? Call on the Lord. 
Everybody say call on him. Oh, then that brings me to this fourth point. The Lord, you got to get this, and I want you to see it. The Lord is running towards you, not away from you. How many of you feel like sometimes you're going through difficulties, life tests and trials? The Lord is nowhere to be found. But I've got good news for you. That is not true. The Lord is always running towards you. He's running towards you. Some people think, well, where is God? And I can't feel him. I can't feel him. I don't see him. Where, where is he at? But if you'll open up your eyes, ask the Lord to open up your spiritual eyes, and you will see by trusting him, by having confidence in him, that he's not just walking. He's running towards you. He's running towards you for, for, to help you. He's running towards you to bless you. He's running towards you to give you wisdom and insight. God is always running towards you, not running away. He's running towards you. So we see here in Hebrews chapter 2, 18. Let's turn there together. God is running towards you. The Amplified Bible says this. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered, talking about Jesus, notice, in being tempted. Now the Amplified says here, tested and tried. He is able immediately to run to the cry of assist and relief to those who are being tempted and tested. I said he is, the Bible says, an amplified version, that he is, he is immediately, he's able to run to your cry. Run to those who are being tested. Run to those who are being tried. And it says, and who therefore are being exposed to sufferings, going through tests and trials and tribulations. God is running towards you. I think a perfect example of this, you have to turn into your Bibles to to, uh, the Gospel of Luke. Oh, this is one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. Luke chapter 15, verse 20. Luke 15, verse 20. How do you remember the story about the prodigal son? In that story, sure you do. In that story, though, for me, I see the prodigal son I see the father, and I also see the other son. I said the other son. And if you look at all three of them, there's different stories for each one. But I want to point out to you in verse 20, let's turn there. This is an example of God running to you. I believe the father is an example of God running towards his children. Now, think about the prodigal son. He got to a point in his life and said, well, I know it all, and I want everything. I want all of my inheritance, and I want it now. And see, the father didn't want to do that because he knew that he didn't know everything. He knew that if he received it all, that he would waste it. But, of course, the son wasn't listening because, like most young people, come on now, sometimes we have to to learn and go through the school of what? Hard knocks. And so this dad didn't want to. And then also understand this, the sin that was connected to that. Because, you see, to ask for your inheritance before, before your father in this culture, before he was dead, was a sin because he would give you his inheritance upon his death, upon him dying. And so, but he did. All I tell you, the son, he went out, he got his inheritance. He was partying. Man, he was having fun. He had all these friends and food and fellowship. As long as he had money. I said, as long as he had money. And what happened that once the money ran out, also the friends ran out. When the money ran out, the food ran out. When the money ran out, the fun ran out. So much so that he found himself in a pig pen. I mean, eating just the, the scraps that you would feed a pig. 
I mean, and he came to himself. The Bible says he came to himself and simply said, wait a minute. I know that I have it better in my father's house. Come on, have you ever been out there when you feel like, man, Lord, help me. I know better than this, and I don't know why I'm out here, and I know, I, I, I know that you love me, and I know that you've taken care of me when I was in your house, but now here I, I find myself doing my own thing, and I'm in the pig pen. But he got up, the Bible said. He found himself. He came to himself, and he went home. Oh, isn't that good news? I tell you, don't ever give up on anybody. I've always said this, and I believe in this, that don't ever give up on anyone. It doesn't matter what they've gone through. It doesn't matter what they've done. Listen, if you'll, if you'll just pray for them, if you'll continue to reach out to them, God will use you to help turn their lives around. Don't give up on anybody. Look for something good in them and begin to pray. And God will help you, use you to turn it around. Hallelujah. So here we are. The son is on his way home. He's thinking, wow. Okay, I don't even know if my father's going to receive me. I realize what I've done was wrong. In fact, I don't even know if I should go home, but I can't go anywhere else. I have nowhere else to go. And he's headed down this path. Come on, we're all headed down. We're all headed down a path. We're walking along life's pathway, highway. And then the Bible says, let's look here together. Have you found the reference in Luke? The Bible says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I just, just so many wonderful translations that point this out. But it says here in verse 20, go down to verse 20 with me, verse 20, all right? It's talking about the father, and it says, so he returned home to his father. This is the son. He returns home. And while he was still a long way off, wow, listen to this, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. He ran. I mean, he didn't just walk. He didn't talk, say, oh, that's my son. Oh, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, he's coming. I don't know why he's coming home. Oh, no. Oh, no. The father loved him. I believe that every day the father got up looking for him, looking down the path, if you will, and seeing where's my son, praying for him. And I believe what God does for us, that he looks for us, those who are far off, those who are doing their own thing. And I believe that he's saying, come back home, come back home, just like the father wanted his son to come back home. It says, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Oh, that's good news. Testing trials, listen to this, it's in your notes. Testing trials can bring the temptation to give up and become negative and depressed and angry with God. You know they can. Anytime we go through tests and trials, there is that opportunity to give up. Am I right about that? There's that opportunity that we all have to be depressed. There's that opportunity that we all have to be angry with God. Do you know that some have said this, and and maybe you know some when I say this, some have said tests and trials come to make you strong. Have you heard that before? But I will tell you this, I've never been in a test and trial that made me strong. Listen to me now, listen to this. It's not the test and the trial that makes you strong. It depends on what you do in the midst of the test and trial that makes you strong. Because the test and trial is simply, is just coming to destroy you. It's what we do. How do we react? Come on. It's going to make us strong because you and I know there's been people that have gone through tests and trials. You've seen them, right? And if that test and trial was to make them strong, they're still dealing with and in that test and trial. Come on now. They're still dealing with the same thing, still rehearsing the same thing. 
have seemed like they've never moved forward, seem like they've never gotten up. So we can't say that tests and trials come to make us strong. I understand what people are trying to say. What we have to help them is say, no, what we do is when we get through the test and trial, when we learn from the test and trial, come on, it'll make you and I strong. But we're going to get through it. I said, we're going to get through it. We're not going to stay here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We're going to get through it. He didn't say we're going to camp out. Come on, what are we going to do? We're going to get through it. Everybody say, I'm going through. Say it again. I'm going through. Notice what the Amplified Bible says about 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. You have to turn there. We're just about ready to close. Are you being blessed this morning? Amen. I know I am, so if you're not, I am. So I'm just going to keep helping myself. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Amplified is what it says. We're talking about tests and trials. We're talking about dealing with temptations. We talked about this very fact that tests and trials, understand this, depends on what I do. What am I doing right now? What am I doing right now that's going to get me through this test and through this trial? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Amplified. For no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. First of all, you're not the only one that has gone through a trial and a test. All right? And so it goes on and says this, that is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance. And that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience. And such as men can bear. But God is faithful. Oh, I like this. We cannot overlook this. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. God is faithful. And he can be trusted, listen, not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always, say always, he will always also provide the way out. Everybody say, God is providing the way out. Say this with me. Say, I'm coming out. One more time. I'm coming out. He always will provide the way out, the means of escape. And listen, to a landing place, a solid place. Because here's what happens a lot of times. When we're going through tests and trials, it seems like everything around us is shaky. There's no solid ground for me to stand on, for you to stand on. But God is saying that we'll always come out safely in a landing place, a place that is solid. That you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it. Listen, patiently. Oh, come on now. Patiently. Now, many of us, we don't want to hear that, do we? I got to be patient. In this test and trial, oh, I don't want to go through this. Come on now. But God is faithful. I said, God is faithful. And then let's finish up with number five. Number five in your notes. We have to fight to the finish. And it's not over. I said, it's not over. God is faithful. Number five. Turn in your Bibles to John. John's Gospel, chapter 19. We're going to look at verse 30 together. John 19, verse 30. We've taken communion this morning. We've talked about the goodness of God and how, 
how the Lord has sent his son to die on the cross for us. We find ourselves here in John 19 and looking at verse 30. And I want to read this to you because it talks about Jesus. I encourage you to read all of John 19 because it talks about the trial. It talks about everything that Jesus went through for you. The price he paid for you. How he was, and it says in your notes, it says right here that the Lord was placed on trial. It was a mock trial. He didn't do anything wrong. It was a mock trial. Falsely accused. He was spit on. I mean, parts of his beard was pulled out, plucked out, and he was beaten 39 times beyond recognition. Stripes, listen, with a cat of nine tails, and in the cat of nine tails, it had, it had these bones, sharp bone, bones and steel, and, and it would just whip him, and, and just, when they pulled it, it would just rip out his flesh. This is what Jesus went through for you and I. And when we think about that, he did it, you know why? Because of love. He loves you, and he loves me. We're talking about a trial. The Lord was placed on trial. But it says here in verse 30, I wanted you to see this part because it's good for us to understand what took place. After everything that Jesus had went through, think about this. He knew that he was coming to earth to die for mankind. He knew that. He knew that. And even when he prayed in the garden, the Bible said as he knelt, he prayed for the Lord to take this cup from him. The agonizing pain of all. Listen, it just wasn't one person's sin. It was all of humanity. Here's a holy God, Jesus, who's never sinned. And all of humanity's sin was placed upon him. And he said to his father, if there's any way, if there's any way, Remove this cup from me. Remove it. But, but listen, but listen, he's saying, if there's no other way, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, your will. And so here we are in verse 30. He's on the cross. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is is finished. It goes on and says this, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. In your notes, it is finished. It is finished. Everybody say, it is finished. It is finished. I want you to see that it is finished, that Jesus paid the price of the penalty of sin, that you and I don't have to pay for it anymore. Come on now, that we can fight the good fight of faith, and the good fight of faith is the fight that you and I win every time, all the time. It doesn't make a difference what we're going through. God is faithful. God is faithful. So I'm going to give you the, I mean, when you look this up and talk about what's finished, because the question is, you know, what then what is finished? What's finished? I want to know what is finished. And when you study this out, there's 16 things in the Dakes Study Bible. I'm just going to give you the top 10 that it says in your notes that's finished. And we're just going to look at this together. And I want you to get a hold of this truth to see what's finished for mankind. Not just, not just for you, not just for me, but for mankind, for our neighbors, for our coworkers, for everyone we come in contact with. 
It is finished. And here's the thoughts. It says this, top 10. Number 10. There's the, what's finished is making a peace between God and man. You see, you have to understand that before Jesus died on the cross, there wasn't this peace. Jesus had to die on the cross, and the Bible says that this veil that was between God and man, that Jesus tore that veil in two by his obedience and dying on the cross. No longer is there separation that we can come to God and cry out to God, and it says making of peace between God and man. Number nine, salvation from all sin. I said from all sin. It doesn't matter what sin. The fact is that Jesus died on the cross for all sin. Number eight, the perfection of Christ. What's finished? The perfection of Christ, that Jesus completed the task. He died on the cross for mankind. Redemption was completed. He had to go to the Father, we know, but the redemption for man, God's plan to restore man back unto the Father was finished. Was finished. Seven. What was finished? A demonstration of obedience and love to death. You see, it was talked about in heaven. Jesus came to the earth and demonstrated his obedience and his love. See, there's something to talk about it, but then there's another thing to do something about it. Come on. And then number six, what was finished? The cancellation of sin's power. Come on. That sin doesn't have to have authority in our lives, doesn't have to have the power in our lives anymore because Jesus died on the cross. Listen, it is finished. That we can live victorious. I said victorious. Regardless of what we've been through. Number five, the cancellation of reign of death. In other words, this, we know the Bible tells in Galatians 3.13 that we have been redeemed. And we've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Aren't you glad about that? That's what's been finished. And then we go on, number four, and says, what's finished? A way for personal access to God. That what's finished, you and I now have access to God. We can pray. Oh, man, it's so exciting. We can pray. Number three, the breaking down, as again I said, of the middle wall of partition to make Jews and Gentiles one. Come on, we've been adopted in the family of God as Gentiles. Thank God. Number two, what's finished? The defeat of Satan. Satan, and when you become a believer, has no more control and authority over our lives. Hallelujah. Come on. It is finished. Satan has been defeated, and he's under your feet. He's under my feet right now. And then number one, what is finished? Oh, praise God. The fulfillment of all scriptures of the suffering of Christ. So I say to you this morning, purpose in your heart, family of God, purpose in your heart to keep pressing on regardless of the test, regardless of the trial, because God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. Say it again. Say, God is faithful. Say, I trust him. Say it again. I trust him. Hallelujah. We love, don't you love the Lord? Amen. Don't you love the Lord? And you have to grab a mic and you can just speak up. If we're going to record this, I want to record it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn it on. 
I know she speaks all the time. Yeah, I do. All right. Will you stand on your feet with us as we close in prayer? Thank you, Father God, for your love, for your tender mercies. We honor you today. Father, we thank you that we are in a fight, but it's a fight to the finish, and it's a fight that we win, and we've won in Christ, and we believe it. And, Lord God, as we go forward this morning, we thank you again. As Betty has prayed, thank you, Father God, for freeing us up, giving us the victory. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we're overcomers right now in this life. We're moving forward. As we honor you, we're going to forget about the past. We're going to do as Paul said, I'm pressing on toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus today. No more looking back, going forward. Father, we thank you that this fight that we fight is a fight of faith, and we fight to the finish, and we win all the time. We are victorious right now. And, Father, we thank you for this in a name that is above every name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.